Hello and welcome. There we go. We're, we're in now, Matt. We're in. Uh, yes, welcome to Extra Time here on LCFC Radio. After that bitterly disappointing trip to Anfield last night in the Premier League, it ended Leicester City's fantastic away record this season. Fantastic recent run as well. But the Foxes still find themselves in the Premier League's top four. So it isn't all doom and gloom. They play again, of course on Thursday as well in the Europa League. So we'll look ahead to that. We'll look back at that defeat last night. We'll hear from Brendan Rodgers and Christian Fuchs. And we'll also preview the development squad who are in action this evening as well. And there's also some very interesting team news uh, coming out of that game, which we'll bring to you very shortly. Uh, let's introduce our guests for this evening. Sat across from me in the studio is Matt Elliott. And joining us via Zoom is Tony Cotty. Good evening, gents. We'll, we'll start with you, Matt, obviously, because you were here and uh, watching the game with us for LCFC TV. And, and it was, uh, as I've said already, a bitterly disappointing game. Uh, perfect evening, Dan. Evening, TC. Are you well, mate? But, um, yeah, listen, it, it was disappointing for, for a number of reasons. First and foremost, the result, obviously, a lot of it expectancy and uh, excitement at you know, top of the table clash against the mighty Liverpool and could Leicester upset the odds and and and, and break the uh, the run of uh, well the unbeaten run that Leicester, uh, Liverpool have had at Anfield 63 games as they did many years ago uh, so if it wasn't to be and it never really looked like being the case did it they you know, Leicester looked bright enough in literally the first couple of minutes once Liverpool got into anything like their normal stride they were a little bit too much, weren't they, for for Leicester on on the uh, on the evening, really? And yeah, disappointment. Um, Brendan Rodgers has spoken about you know, a, a lack of sort of physicality or a lack of aggression um, in the performance in the first half, and you know they were a little bit timid, etc. And I think that's true. You know, people. Well, we'll speak about it more down the line, but yeah, overall. Not much to be enthused about, was there really? Um, as much as anything, though, I think it was a reflection of just how good Liverpool are as well. Leicester underperformed, but Liverpool made them look even worse than they probably were. And, um, you know, they're not champions of the Premier League and champions of Europe not so long ago for, for no reason, are they? No. Good evening as well to Tony Cotty, of course. Firstly, how are you? And, and I'm sure you'll probably echo what Matt says or what Matt has to say after that uh, game last night. We can't hear Tony, so hopefully we'll get Tony uh, as soon as we can do. So, Matt, it looks like it could be a, a, <laughs> a long hour for, for me and you. No, we'll, we'll get Tony's uh, audio sorted very shortly. One of those weekends so far. Yeah, exactly, from uh, throughout all of Leicester, clearly. But, listen, the, the game last night, as you've already referenced, Liverpool are Premier League champions. They've got, what, nearly 200 points across two seasons. So, clearly, they're an incredibly good side. But it was just, the, I guess, the nature of the disappointment in the build-up to the game, we, we were so excited about Leicester going there and, and hopefully getting a, a really good result because of maybe the injuries that Liverpool had had. I think that was very much the narrative, wasn't it? All the injury problems that Liverpool had, whereas yeah. Leicester had so many themselves and have had so many themselves this season as well. And, and still do. So, But, um, yeah, I think uh, I think there's a, a different ways to look at it. You know, you, you can't be blamed as... You know, Leicester supporter or player or anyone who, who takes an interest in Leicester City's fortunes, you know, for being excited about the challenge of of going up against Liverpool at Anfield on the back of the run that they've had, etc. And you know, the way things are going for Leicester, you think, well, now's as good a time. You know, with the injuries again that you've mentioned, 
Um, works both ways, of course, and much has been made of that as well. But I think, but yeah, there was a genuine sort of belief that Leicester could really go and challenge Liverpool. I, I think you'd have to be uh, a little bit foolish to, you know, to think that it was going to be a walk in a park for Leicester, but you know, just because they are going well and Liverpool you know, had that freak result against Villa, didn't they? You know, showing frailties in that particular game and the injuries. And some people even you know, considering Leicester to be favourites. So I think that was a little bit uh, a step too far, really. But but there was genuine sort of excitement and intrigue, wasn't there, about you know how they would go about the game. Now, I think it was pretty, you know, pretty um, obvious that Leicester were going to adopt the same similar approach that they had against Man City, which had been so effective, similarly against Arsenal, and then up against Liverpool, it was you know, almost a bit too predictable. Um, but I, I think they sort of, I don't know, they went too much, too far down the line w with that approach, really, because it was at some time, just before, for, for example, the second goal, sitting there and there was literally a, a bank of five and a bank of four and Vardy was dropped in in and around the midfield quartet and it was just shuffling from side to side there was no pressure from Leicester to try and upset Liverpool's rhythm and they were just stroking it about they're in the ascendancy anyway pushing and probing for a little opening if it came if not they could just literally kept the ball through to half time as it happens they, they fizzed it out to Robertson Albrighton sold himself and we know the rest. But, and that just sort of compounded the, the, the difference between the teams. But, but even if Leicester sit deep, you don't want them playing as, for instance, Newcastle have at times, you know, against the big teams, just dropping off and just conceding any sort of initiative, really. Um, and, and it was almost like that last night in the first half at times. And changed a little bit in the second half. But as much as... as Leicester be disappointed with how they play. That you know, it's about having a tactical master plan, um, you know, and different systems, etc. All of these tactics come into it, but it's executing them. It's players playing individually, you know, on top of their game as well, finding that pass, you know, breaking through the press, etc. Um, keeping possession so others can join after, you know, doing a job defensively. Um, all these different things, you know, being solid and resolute, um, doing well in your 1v1 matchups, and Leicester didn't do any of that last night, really. Whereas it was in complete contrast to the Man City game, where they did against high level opposition. But having said that, even compared to Man City, Liverpool are a step above, in my mm. view, and most people's view. And I don't, I don't think some people realise quite how good and efficient they are. Like they're, they're superb technically, but they. They're so fit, they're so strong. I know that's been said about Leicester as well, but physically, you know, Leicester struggled a little bit against them with the, in terms of intensity of the play. You know, they're on top of you all the time, they're incessant, but they're, um, you know, they're, they're, they're a mighty fine side, you have to say, even with the injuries they've got. Having said that, Leicester will be slightly disappointed. But I, I, think, I think the common view for a lot of, the, a lot of supporters seems to be that Okay, disappointment's there, but it's happened. It's happened. Okay, mm. don't dwell on it. Don't let it linger. Get on with Thursday, you know. And I said it last night after the game. I'm not making a prediction of it. I'm far from it. But with the three games coming up, we know there are the challenges in every right in the Premier League. 
if Leicester were to get three positive results out of them, they'd still be right in the mix, wouldn't they, in terms of league positioning, if not for the duration of the season. But uh, but listen, it's it's not it's not decimation time, is it? It was just uh, you know it's facing the stark reality of what you're actually up against. Yeah, absolutely. We want uh, you guys who are listening, watching along with us on social media to get involved with the show this evening. Maxine Johnson says, so disappointed. Uh, we never made the most of the opportunity. We needed to bring the game to them. Interesting take that Maxine has there, man. I think yeah. that we've spoken, obviously, about the injuries, but it was an opportunity there for Leicester. And I think, really, we, we were talking about it before we came on, that until the Johnny Evans free cone goal, which it, it, it was, yeah. Liverpool didn't have too much. It didn't seem like it was it was that much of of, of one-way traffic, if you like, that it turned out to be in the end. Um, no, but they, they looked a little bit rattled, didn't they, defensively? I think it, it's not too often that the back three centre-halves will come up against three centre-forwards pretty much in their faces and the movement and sharpness is you know is it's top class isn't it but they you know quite regularly when Leicester have adopted the back three stroke back five opposition teams have just played a front three but spread across <laughs> you know the width of the pitch pretty much but Liverpool they, they condense it and they, they allow space for them for their fullbacks to to move into and, and they do it so superbly um, and the passing's slick and the touches are sure, aren't they? And the interchange uh, and the movements and the, the threat is there, isn't it? And they've got individuals who can go past, people in 1v1 situations, Mane in particular. So you know, they've got a whole box of tricks that you come up against. And it, it, it's more of a challenge than it is against uh, most oppositions, I think. So, But, listen, in hindsight, there's something to be said for it, isn't there? I, I'm sort of a similar view. You know, it's a maxing really. When I think, well, it would be nice to go and see how well you can do in in a sort of not toe to toe slugfest, but play play your game as best you can well, instead of being too worried about them. Steve suggested maybe the approach that they took at Ellen Road against Leeds United, where they they did mm. go at Leeds that night. But I think the, the flip side of that is that Liverpool could have seriously steamrolled well, Leicester last night. There is that, but. The intention was probably yeah. there, but the ability to execute it wasn't last night. And, and, and that's partly because Leicester weren't on their game. Yeah, just generally, it was one of those evenings. But there's a big reason why. And Liverpool were the main reason that Leicester weren't able to play how they wanted to. Right, we have had some technical difficulties. That's why uh, Matt and myself have had to talk for the last uh, 13 minutes. Uh, so thank you for, for staying with us. But I think we've got Tony Cotty with us now, hopefully. Can you hear me, Dan? Can yes, you hear me, Matt? absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Dan, can I just say, I agree with everything Matt said in the last 13 minutes. He's obviously been waffling away, and I didn't hear a word he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you trust that it would have uh, been words of wisdom, Tony. Uh, yeah, we're, we're just talking, obviously, about the, the disappointment of the result last night. And these results are obviously going to happen throughout a season. You're going up against a very, very good Liverpool side. But it was just maybe the nature of the performance that was disappointing for the Foxes. Yeah, I heard a few bits from both of you at the start. I think you, you said it was still like, you know, reasons to be cheerful, still in fourth position, Dan, which I agree with. And then I heard Matt saying about how, you know, what a 
basically what a disappointing performance it was. And uh, I must admit, I, I, I tuned in last night and I genuinely, and I mean genuinely, felt that, that Leicester would give Liverpool a really, really tough game. I thought it was set up for them in terms of the injuries Liverpool have got, in terms of the form that Leicester have been in. I, I really was excited because I thought they've been unbeaten at Anfield for so long. Leicester will go there and give them a real game. And unfortunately, it was the complete opposite. And then, you know, I think it's uh, uh, these sort of games happen. It, you know, it happened in our team. It happens in any team. You know, we've seen Liverpool lose 7-2 at Villa early in the season. It can happen where you can have a game where things don't quite go right for you. And I think, you know, you just need to try and analyse it, try and work out what perhaps you could have done better than that. But I think in general, it was a disappointing performance. And I don't think there's any getting away from that. But they, we've seen Leicester, Tony, in, in recent seasons recover from results like this. We've seen them do that already this season. Obviously, there was the defeat to West Ham and then to Aston Villa. Since then, they went on that fantastic winning run. So we know that this side are capable of bouncing back from defeats. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. And, you know, there's enough talent in the team. Um, I think there's still, I'm trying to count up the injured players, and I think there's still sort of four injured players that are going to come into this Leicester team and make them stronger defensively as well. So, you know, those players will come in at various stages over the next weeks, over the next month. So, there, you know, there's reason from a defensive point of view to, to be optimistic. I, I was just a little bit disappointed, Dan, I think just from an attacking point of view, because, you know, we've seen so much of Leicester. And, you know, I was at the Arsenal game recently and, you know, they were so dynamic and so exciting on the counter-attack. And it, it just... It, I don't know, it just looked like everyone was so lethargic. Last, I don't know whether Matt, I might be repeating what Matt's already said, I don't know, but it, they, everyone looked a little bit lethargic. It was as if they'd all been away on international duty to Australia and come back. And mm -hmm. There was just sort of no real energy in the team and, and Liverpool were the complete opposite. And, you know, as I said, I just, I just felt that Leicester would give them a much better game than what it actually turned out to be. And, of course, there was some defensive mistakes as well along the way that didn't help things. Right, let's get the thoughts then of Leicester City manager Brendan Rodgers. This is him speaking after the defeat last night. Well, it doesn't seem like we've got Brendan Rodgers. Hopefully we can get him. Apologies again for the technical difficulties <coughs> that we are having uh, this evening. But we heard what Brendan Rodgers had to say last night. Hopefully we'll, we'll hear from him in, in just a moment, yeah. Matt. But... And as Tony was just referencing there, the, the bounce-back ability yeah. um, that, that Leicester have. Brendan Rodgers is so good at doing that. And he'll be so good, you get the sense, on the training ground today, tomorrow, Wednesday, or obviously they're travelling, I know, to, to Portugal on Wednesday. But he's very good at the training ground of just calming the players down and, and just saying, listen, this is one, one defeat. Let's put it behind us and let's move on. Yeah, but it's happened you know, a few times under Brendan Rodgers' reign, hasn't it? And... Uh... Although you say that, you know, looking back to last season when a couple of times, you know, the, the poor results couldn't be turned around, which was frustrating. But certainly in more recent times, i.e. this season, they've reacted really well to to those two successive home defeats. And then, you know, you thought about, oh, is, is, is this positive start going to be squandered? Um, but it's not. It's been up until last night. It's been maximised, hasn't it? You know, on top of the Europa League, top of the Premier League before the start of this weekend. And, you know, things are looking rosy. Um, and they still are. They still are, very much so. And there's a lot to be positive about for Leicester City. OK, there's a bit of a sort of a element of stark realisation of how good Liverpool still are um, <clears throat> and what, you, what challenge you face in the Premier League. 
um, in terms of trying to to topple them um, from their their title. But um, you know, in, in that sense, as we mentioned already numerous times, it is disappointing uh, how the, you know, the lack of competitiveness um, in the game. But then, listen, they'll be going to Braga. They know what they've done to Braga before, and he'll be mindful to to, to keep that in, in the players' minds and um, you know realise you, you can't you can't be susceptible to sort of extreme emotions within football because it's turbulent enough anyway um, you know, it's a results based you know business and, and things don't always go your way you know whether deserve it or not um, and you've got to be resilient within it and, and Leicester have proved before that they are and I'm sure they'll they'll, they'll shake things they'll shake themselves down and um, you know, shake that result and performance off. You would like to think so because they can stride into into Braga knowing that if they get a positive result, the qualification is probably assured um, because of the good work they've done already. And and there's lots to you know be enticed by in terms of the Premier League run of fixtures coming up. Antonis from the Greek Foxes says we didn't play well yesterday, but we go on. Now let's watch Ricardo playing for the under-23s. He has seen the team news that has come in now uh, for the development squad this evening. Uh, Ricardo Pereira getting his first minutes since March. So uh, congratulations to him, obviously, uh, on his road to recovery from that injury. We'll preview that game uh, a little bit later on. But first, let's hear from Brendan Rodgers speaking after the defeat last night. Brendan, commiserations. What were your Mm. initial thoughts after the game? Disappointed with the result and the first half um, a little bit too passive for my liking in terms of how we how we played and, and then when we had the ball we were we gave it away too cheaply looking for the the counter-attack moment too early uh, but in saying that we still had had a couple of good chances Harvey goes in and you know seven eight yards out it's a big chance just got to hit the target and then uh, JJ goes close with with his moment so um, no, but we were um, we just weren't um, in the first half aggressive enough, both with and without the ball. Second half was much better. We gave it 15 minutes. We started well, and then we changed the shape of the team. And then if we could get the next goal, that was going to be the important moment in the second half. But uh, but unfortunately, we weren't able to do that. How much of a, of a blow was it conceding that second goal just before half time? Yeah, yeah. Conceding the first goal was disappointing because in the main. We normally defend set piece as well, but we've had a couple of times now, um, away at Man City and away here, we've conceded uh, two goals from set pieces, and, and it's we've got to be more aggressive. In a time where we're not sure what is and what isn't handball, some of your players had a big claim during that first half. Did, did you get a view? Of I haven't, that? I haven't seen it as of yet. So, um, so yeah, I can't comment on it. Last time Leicester lost the, the game at Villa, you then responded with five wins from five. You'd be looking for the same kind of response, same kind of character. From your players. Yeah, yeah, we've had tough games in this opening period of the season. I'm delighted with how the players have, have done, considering all the injuries we have. Hopefully, over the next few weeks, we can start to get a few of them back. Um, but like you say, we've been away to Man City, been away to Liverpool, you know, been away to Arsenal, away to Leeds. They're, they're, they're tough games for us, and a newly promoted team in West Brom. So I think where we're at, I'm delighted. We're disappointed with tonight. We 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 just lacked that aggression, in particular first half. Uh, and that has cost us. So, uh, so, but it's an easy game to analyse. We'll look at it and move on. Does a game against the champions give you a good gauge of where your players are at this stage? Yeah, it's always a tough game. You know, everyone was talking about 
uh, Liverpool's injuries, but they still can put out a world-class team. You know, the physicality, they're the champions for a reason. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, but for us, we're disappointed with the goals. I think when we lost at home the last time we played, they were, they were spectacular on the night. Um, and they, uh, we had a lesson in that game. Tonight, we feel when we analyse the game, we can be better ourselves um, and uh, more aggressive. And that's something that we'll take into our next game against them. Back to Europa League action on Thursday. Mm. Is that a game that may give opportunities to players coming back from injury? Well, it's a game we want to 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 win. So we, we'll recover now and get ready for that. And we'll pick a team uh, to go and win the game. And um, yeah, that that will be the the plan. And we'll see how the injuries look uh, over the next couple of days. Brendan Rodgers there speaking to LCFC Radio's John Dunn after defeat at Anfield last night. Uh, Tony, he, he was echoing really what, what we've already said um, about looking at the positives from a, a Leicester point of view and, and he referenced the fact that obviously Leicester have gone to the Etihad, they've gone to Anfield, they've gone to the Emirates already, they've gone to Ellen Road, which I think a lot of teams will struggle to get um, three points at this season and we're not even a quarter of the way through the season yet and Leicester are in the top four and they've had all those difficult away trips. So it's by no means doom and gloom time just after one defeat. No, it's not. And, and when you talk about them away games, Dan, I think that with those five away games, I think it's been 12 points out of 15, which when you think of those five away games, it's an incredible achievement in itself because they're all sort of tough places to go to. I know football's different this season without the fans being there, but they're all tough places to go to. And, and the away performances have been fantastic. They really have. So I, I, I think I think if Brendan sort of sits down, he would have been disappointed with the result. We heard that. We could tell in his voice he was disappointed with the result, disappointed to a degree with the performance. But I think if he, if he really sits down and analyses where he would have wanted to be after nine games, I think he'll be pretty pleased with the situation. I think the only one thing that I can possibly just pick up on, Danny, is the fact there's been no draws. And, I, you know, in football, you always talk about if you don't play particularly well, you can't always win the game. But sometimes you could just nick a point here or there. And I think that's that's something that, that he'll be looking because those those extra points can make a massive difference come the end of the season. Absolutely. And again, don't at risk of sounding like a broken record, Matt, when, when we are talking about the form this season and, and looking at perspective, it's something that, that you have to do. And we're not getting away from the fact that it was obviously a disappointing result last night, but the season as a whole so far yeah. has been really good. <clears throat> oh, 100%. I mean, nine games in, like you say, just just short of a quarter of the season, fourth in the league. And you'd settle for that, wouldn't you, um, <laughs> in a few months' time. But um, as, as we know, things can change quickly. You know, there, there are small gaps between those clubs above and quite a number of clubs uh, only just below, so you know you need to be careful, need to be wary. Um, I just, I, I tell you what, I think will be interesting. We'll see how Leicester's approach develops through the season. I think by and large, they'll probably stick with that approach for the foreseeable future, um, away from home, because it, it, I, I put it down to yes, the performance was below par, but again, just to reiterate. I thought that was magnified by the quality of Liverpool. Uh, they make you look bad, uh, and then they have the quality to sort of compound that uh, with their, you know, well, their multiple abilities. Um, and you know, I think it would be, it would be, um, 
not reckless, but I think it would be surprising to me, at least, if Leicester were to change that. And they've had that success we just spoke about away from home against some very good sides. Um, at home might be a different proposition because, you know, for, well, results have been mixed up to now, but they, they've you know, still produced a good performance, particularly, against, say, against Wolves. Um, but they may need to show, show a little bit more uh, initiative, you know, and, and, and take the games to opposition and, and whether it'll be to see whether he, he goes to the back four and like we, we saw the majority of the early part of last season, 4-1, 4-1, if you like, when Leicester were at their most rampant. So, you know, somewhere, I don't know, you're trying to find that mix. It's not easy changing one approach from game to, to another, to like game to game, but I think that's maybe the way that Leicester are going to end up doing it, you know, um, down the line. But it, which is not an easy ask for the players. But they, but Leicester have, know they have that capability within the squad to play different ways, don't they? I, I, they're not a one-trick pony, are they? You know, they've shown first half of last season what they're capable of in that system I just mentioned. And then they, they fell into this maybe because, I don't know, injuries to the centre-halves maybe sort of forced the issue a little bit and it suits them. So, you know, they've got that adaptability within them and that will serve them well down the line. Right, before we move on and, and stop talking about the uh, the Liverpool defeat and we can look ahead to their game on Thursday and the development squad game this evening, let's get uh, some final reaction then from Christian Fuchs. This is him again speaking after the game last night. First period were too passive, defended too passive, didn't get in contact with their opponent. Uh, second half much better. Um, much more brave, uh, and then, you know, as the uh, game progressed, we, we were also creating chances. So I think, you know, the result is down to the first half being too passive. When you come up against the champions, what you don't need is that unfortunate own goal. So you say again? The unfortunate own goal that, that Johnny scored, not the best start. <laughs> Johnny scored an own goal. I, I, I didn't see it happen in the back of my, in my back. Um, yeah, it, it's it's unlucky start uh, for us, um, but it didn't define the game. Again, it's... It's about our own performance where we cannot be happy with the first half, but these are lessons we need to learn uh, to improve for our next game. Is that a sign of the progress that you are so disappointed after being beat by Liverpool? Absolutely. We, are, we always aim to win the next game. Um, definitely, that's our spirit, that's our mentality. Um, again, the game was tough today. Uh, it's, it's just something where uh, we need to learn from our mistakes. That's, that was the, what the defeat, defeat was down to. And, you know, we have a very important game now on Thursday. Uh, where we try to give our best again. After the last defeat against Aston Villa, five wins from five, you'll be looking to, to bounce back in the same style this time. Again, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's one loss now. Okay, um, we're not happy with it. Definitely not. Uh, it's not satisfying enough the way we played. But uh, there's nothing for us to to put our heads down. Great, great season so far, and we we will bounce back. You mentioned the game on Thursday. Is is that the best tonic? A, a trip to Portugal and, and back to winning ways. Absolutely. Every game is a good therapy after after a loss like that. So, uh, again, we, we keep our heads up, heads up and uh, move forward. For you personally, enjoying your involvement this season, one particular clearance off the line, very impressive. Yeah, I was, I was about to head to the crossbar. It was kind of scary, but there were a couple of moments that game that were simply I've never seen before. Uh, for, for me personally, yeah, very happy with my involvement this season and uh, I hope I can continue like that. Christian Fuchs there speaking again to John Dunn 
after the game last night. Right, before we look ahead to the development squad game tonight and LCFC's trip to Braga on Thursday, we've got to go to our uh, first teasers of the evening. So we'll start with our Who's the Fox graphic. So those of you uh, listening in uh, at home, Craig Bennett, I can see you've uh, just joined us. So good evening to you. You can have a go at trying to guess our Who's the Fox for this evening. Um, relatively difficult one, but it's a, it's a fairly memorable game. So I think all of uh, those of you out there will have a pretty good idea uh, certainly of the game, of who it might be. Uh, Tony Cotty and Matt Elliott, you can have a, a little bit of a guess later on in the show as Matt Elliott has a very, very inquisitive look at it uh, for oh, the first I time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, those of you at home, I'm sure Leicester fans will have a good idea of who that is. Uh, so do get your answers in on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, we'll read out some of the incorrect ones before we reveal the answer uh, a bit later on. Matt, uh, Matt's got a bit of a smirk on his face. Whether <laughs> no, he's, he's got an idea of who it might no, be, I've I'm not too sure. look on my face. Uh, I'm not quite so, sure on that one. Yeah, we'll come back to the Who's the Fox later on. Let's do our first teasers, though. Uh, this is uh, between Tony Cotty and Matt Elliott, Cute, of more course. perplexed looks. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Tony Cotty, because you're our guest this evening, you can guess if you want pot one uh, or pot two. Pot one, please, then. Pot one for you, Tony. Uh, and There's you can go first. confidence about No, was, wasn't there, yeah. Uh, your first question is, name one of the teams that James Madison has scored a free kick against while playing for Leicester City. Oh, dear, oh, um, he's struggling, he's struggling. I'm going to nick it if you don't. Oh, boo. So you were watching that one, weren't you? Yep, well done, Tony. saying Southampton, I was going to say... You were at that game, so you absolutely had to get that one. <laughs> uh, so that's a tick for Tony Cotty for question one. Again, those of you uh, listening at home, you can play along with these as well. Uh, it's another James Madison-related question, your first one, Matt. Uh, in what year did the Foxes sign James Madison from Norwich? Oh. Well, it shouldn't be too odd, should it? No, it shouldn't. <laughs> he says. Yeah, you're still struggling. He says. Right, so... Oh, Oh, hang on. Last year. This year, last year, first. Oh, I'm trying to work it out. <laughs> 1920. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 17. Oh, no. Tony Cotter, you have a chance to steal it. Is it well? I'll have to go 18 in 2018. Yeah, ding. Correct. Yeah. There's the ding. Um, when did he? Did he not sign at the start of, in the summer? The summer of 2018. Yeah, yeah. years ago. Yeah. 18, 19. No? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it was. So that's two points for Tony Cotty oh, in no the uh, question one round. So you've got a lot of work and to do. That, that was easy. <laughs> as well, uh, really. that, yeah. Uh, the reason they were both James Madison questions, Tony. It's his birthday today. Uh, so happy birthday course, to James yeah. Madison. Yeah, um, how good is he, Tony Cotty? The, the fox is number ten. Uh, I think I think you still put the word potential with him, Dan. Um, I think he's done fantastically well. At least I saw him at Norwich. You could see he was a top player, and you could see that he was going to move on to a, a bigger and better club. I'm delighted that Leicester have got him. Um, he had the injury problems, hasn't he, at the, at the start of the season? He's sort of been eased back into it. Quite unusual, really, because normally you. With one of your top players, which undoubtedly he is, you come straight back into the team. But 
he has been eased back into this uh, this Leicester team. So um, I, I probably would say he's not quite back to 100% fit, but he's a, he's a fantastic player. I love watching him get on the ball. I love creative midfielders, Dan. You know, I know you need a defensive midfielder in the team. I understand that. I love players who can get on the ball, make things happen. And if you're a forward, if you're the likes of Jamie Vardy, or if, if I was a bit younger, I'd love to play in the team with Jamie Madison. You make your run, you know the ball's going to come somewhere near you. And he's a, he's a wonderful player to watch. And we've just got to get him back to that 100% fitness. And hopefully when he is back to that 100% fitness, we can see the, the types of James Madison performances that we've become accustomed to. Yeah, and I, I think, like Tony says, you know, he's, been, he's been eased in, but the last couple of games prior to last night, he, he, his touch, he just looked a class above. Like When he came on against Leeds um, as a substitute around the 60-65 minute mark, you know, Leeds were putting a bit of a squeeze on and trying to get themselves back in the game because he scored early after um, the start of the second half. He came. He just changed it, didn't he? You know, he, he was he was a class above everyone on the pitch. Really, his touch on the half turn, his his vision and awareness, and his execution of the passes, and he he really he finished the game off for Leicester on that evening. Um, and he he looked like he he got he really got back into his stride as well. But as Tony says, there it's still a little bit about potential. There are claims. Or clamours for him to be involved in the England squad, and uh, if he did, I, you know, I don't think there'd be too many arguments about it. But if, if he did get named in there more regularly, but I think his time will come for that. You know, he's still developing his game. Um, at times, he looks top top class, doesn't he? And other times, you know, against maybe the the very elite opposition, i.e., Liverpool. You look at it, it's still got a little bit more work to do, really, there. And also, there's a little bit of a conundrum of finding, having a way of playing for, for Leicester um, in whole as a team, and then also finding James Madison in his, well, in his most um, rewarding role, if you like. Mm. Uh, I think probably, you know, he, he fits in playing centrally behind a striker or two, even. Ideally, rather than being out wide, he can play numerous positions but I think he's most effective in the middle of the pitch he doesn't always get that opportunity with the way Leicester play Tony Cotter you were saying you'd have loved to have played uh, in front of James Madison uh, we just had a comment in on Facebook saying uh, we need Cotty and Vardy up front Craig Bennett says that that would have been uh, some strike partnership I'm sure you'd have loved playing alongside Jamie Vardy. Uh, there is some first team interest in the development squad tonight. So following us straight away on LCFC TV, uh, the under 23s are in action. They are playing against West Ham United. I'll just read out the starting 11 now. So Stolasic is in goal. Ricardo Pereira, Vontae Daly Campbell, Nelson and Flynn make up the back four. There's a midfield of Leshebella and Callum Wright. Suen Chitawan, uh, Admiral Musquay and Damari Gray uh, playing in behind Islam Slomani. So I guess the big headline news, Matt, is and, and the reaction on social media is obviously very excited to see the return of Ricardo Pereira. And you can watch his full return all 90 minutes on LCFC TV for free following us here this evening. So that is yeah. great news, isn't it? Yeah, no, lovely to see him back um, you know, to a level. It's still going to be a little while before he's, he's ready to perform and be match fit at first team level. But um, you know, great sign, isn't it? And good encouragement for him. As an individual, you know, he's, he's a lovely lad, isn't he, Ricardo? And all supporters will be wishing him well, um, as well as being a you know, vital cog in 
Leicester's machine. Um, but he's a yeah, top class, top class fullback, isn't he? He's shown that already, and be lovely to see him back it back in full tilt, wouldn't it? Uh, sooner rather than later. But um, yeah, great news, great news all around that he's back in the fray, and hopefully a few more soon. When you had injuries in your career, Tony, firstly, how hard is it being on the sideline and, and not being in action week in, week out, which is obviously what you used to love doing? And then when you're returning from an injury, how difficult is it not to rush yourself back? Because obviously, as I said, you'd be desperate to come back. Yeah, I think all players hate injuries, Dan, don't they? There's no doubt about it. Particularly when we was at Leicester and you had Martin O'Neill as manager because he just used to ignore you if you was injured. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't no good to him. So it, it wasn't very pleasant. But it, it was basically Martin's way of saying, look, you know, get yourself fit as quick as possible. And I think I think the, the, the medical side of, of the game has moved on so much now, even in the 20 years since me and Matt were together at Leicester. And I think there's so much more, sta- it's so much more staged and... Uh, routine if you like and the players will go through the stages and you know Ricardo has he's been out for a long time now I think you said March I mean what is that eight months now that's a long long time for a player to be out but they would have had a plan of action the club it would have been month one you do this month two you do etc to work up to get back to this moment where you get to play in the under 23s you know Matt touched on it you there's no magic wand with an injury particularly when you've been out for eight I was lucky I was never out for eight months I was out for three months and that was hard enough but if you're out for that amount of time, no magic wand, you've got to come back into the team and you're not going to be match fit and you need four, five, six games to get going again. But the one thing is he's a very, very good player. And secondly, he's also a really good athlete as well. So hopefully he can get back to fitness pretty sharpish. He needs the game tonight, there's no doubt about that. But when he does come back into the team, it will lead on to Matt's point, which he made, which was a really good one, about the 4-1, 4-1 formation. He can play in that, in that right-back position and if you do that, you can also then get James Madison in the position where he was playing so well last season. So I think the you know the comeback of Ricardo is going to be really, really important for Leicester over the next couple of weeks. Yep, uh, exciting times. Ricardo Pereira is playing for the development squad this evening at King Power Stadium. Again, you can watch it on LCFC TV following us. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a, a number of the first team watching it, as, as they always do anyway, but with a, an extra vested interest now in the fact that there is a return for Ricardo Pereira. They'll all be travelling or preparing to travel, of course, to Portugal this week, Matt, uh, this week, Matt <clears> to face <throat> yeah. Braga, of course, in the Europa League. Nine points out of nine so far in the group. They'll be hoping to make it 12 from 12 and, and really put the group beyond all doubt. Yeah, why not? I mean, because, you know, you've seen how how well Leicester have performed in, in, in the opening three games and they've brushed everyone aside with relative ease <laughs> in truth, haven't they? That's not an excuse or a reason to go there and you know and be casual about things there's a job to be done and Leicester need to do it as efficiently as possible and it, it would suit everyone if they could go there on Thursday um, get the result that they require and then effectively they're through qualifications done and dusted and that gives them a little bit of scope doesn't it for the remaining two games and will help with um, selection issues for, for Brendan Rodgers so but they know they've got the capability Personally, I think despite the, the Liverpool performance and result, um, and despite you know, the fact that Braga are going to be uh, <clears throat> keen to sort of, if not make amends, certainly put up more of a fight than they did in, in the home fixture here at the King Power. But it also it takes its toll when you've had a little bit of a, a doing like that. Um, <clears throat> and I, I know they could say 
Braga sort of said, well, it was in the balance just up until just after half time, and that the, the, they were putting a little bit of pressure on Leicester, and Ian Acho's second goal, um, you know, was element of fortune to say the least. But after that, they just fell apart. They, they were a broken team on the night, and you know that, that has a I think that has a big effect. And Leicester went on to win as they did, but it could have been by a couple more. Mm. And I, 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 listen. We, we don't know because they're obviously not as bad a side as they looked in that second half. Braga on the back of six six wins on the trot, wasn't it? I think that Leicester got that result. Um, <clears throat> you know, which just magnifies how how good a performance it was from. They Mr. also City. beat Benfica at yeah. Benfica. What three four days after after that, that, that as well? Yeah. yeah, which okay, fair enough. You know, shows a bit of spirit and resilience on their behalf. But at the same time, unless they come to town, they're going to be they're going to be apprehensive about it. You take take a beating like that, they're not going to be relishing the prospect. That's for sure. And you know, hopefully, Leicester can uh, can make their mark again. And it is a chance, Tony Cotty, isn't it? Of course, to as as I said, really put the group beyond all doubt. I think we know, barring anything catastrophic, Leicester will be through to the next round. It's it's about securing top spot, isn't it? So hopefully, the, the draw will be a little bit more favourable uh, in the last thirty-two. Yeah, without a doubt, Dan. And you know, I, I think if you if you're looking to to top the groups, whether it's the Champions League or the Europa League, I think there's sort of the magical point really of almost guaranteed qualification, ten points. Um, you know, you you can sort of uh, nick through on nine points. I think so. If if they win the game and they get to twelve points, I'll be covering the game with you guys on Thursday yeah. night. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm expecting a much more improved performance from Leicester. And I expect a professional job. You know, I think they'll do exactly what they did in Athens. You know hopefully the pitch will be a bit better but you you know you're looking to put in a good performance and get get through to you know qualify get it in the bag and that and as Matt touched on then you then have two games remaining when you get the likes of Ricardo and perhaps some of the other injured players are returning perhaps some players need game time as well you can play those players and it doesn't really matter even if you lose the game it doesn't really although you don't want to it doesn't matter if you do it's more about getting the players you know try and get them towards match fitness because it's such a busy period coming it's always busy over the Christmas New Year period and you know if Leicester can put this group to bed on Thursday night that will be for the benefit of everyone at the football club absolutely Tony Cotty there mentioned our match day live coverage on Thursday, make sure you tune in uh, Thursday afternoon to LCFC Radio. We'll have an hour's build-up uh, before the game again uh, on Thursday for that huge Europa League game. Uh, let's get a reminder of our Who's the Fox for tonight because we haven't had too many guesses in. I'm not surprised. I think we've, we've, we've made, <laughs> made it too difficult for people. Uh, there it is. It's on your screen again for you now. Matt, I'll give you another look at it. Let me have a little look. Just think about the opposition. Look at the weather as well. I'm trying to work that out. Right, OK. And I've said it's a famous game in, in Leicester City history as well. Dan, can I ask, is that Derby they're playing? No, that's Everton. It's Everton. So is a it bit on of my a clue for you. Yeah, Everton, right. So it's, and it's a relatively recent picture, is it? Are you going to give us a clue? Well, John Stones is playing for Everton there in the, in the background. Uh, uh, five seconds, yeah, so uh, I'll say it one more time. A huge game in Leicester City history. Matt, the fact that you're still looking very blank, you must know what game I'm referencing, the fact that it was absolutely chucking it down at one point when this person in particular scored. I'm giving so many clues here and, and surely <laughs> you've got to get something. Uh, we want you guys at home to, to try and have a guess uh, who that one could be. It's a famous goal, a famous game for Leicester City against that opposition. 
as Tony said, around about what four or five years ago. Yeah. I'm not saying any more, Matt, because I'll literally just <laughs> spoon feed you the answers. Yeah. So, uh, are you asking me to give you an no, answer? No, not yet. No. Not yet. We'll, we'll come back to the answer. It's, it's a reminder for those of you watching on social media, Craig. You've been uh, getting in touch with us a lot this evening. Come on, let's have a guess from you, please. Uh, who you think that one could be? Um, the Premier League, obviously, is, well, there's a Premier League game in action right now. Burnley and Crystal Palace, Matt. It's 1-0 to the Clarets at half-time there. Huge game for them at the bottom. I know who scored there. Chris Wood. Chris Wood, correct. You, you don't get any points for that one, uh, <laughs> but well done for saying uh, Chris Wood as well in that one. Wolves against Southampton later on as well. Let's talk about some of the other games that took place at the weekend. Tony Cotty. Your West Ham United, uh, you'll have been very happy with that, won't you? Sheffield United away. It was a, a good result uh, for the Hammers there and a very good goal from uh, Sebastian Allaire. Yeah, it was a very non-West Ham performance. I mean, normally they go to a place like Sheffield United because, you know, when everyone expects them to get a result against the bottom team and West Ham normally draw or lose. And, of course, they won the game 1-0. It wasn't the best of games, Dan. I, I, I covered the game yesterday, but it was a fantastic goal from Haller and... You know, West Ham are doing okay. They've had a tough start to the season in terms of their fixtures, and uh, you know that gives them a, a real confidence boost. They're at home to Aston Villa next Monday night, so that's another big game coming up. But West Ham are doing okay at the moment. Uh, probably the, the biggest game of the weekend, probably apart from the, the game that took place at Anfield, was the one that took place at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Spurs 2, Man City 0. Um, before we talk about the game in itself, we just have a word on Harry Kane. How good was he? Yeah, listen, he's, he's top class, isn't he? I mean... <laughs> That, that that hasn't been in doubt for many a season now, has it? I mean, it, it can, it's just a good all-round footballer. It, it, people used to think him maybe as an out-and-out goal scorer, but he's not. He's a complete striker, but he's almost a complete footballer. And he showed that at the weekend, didn't he? And he was top of the tackle um, tackle count at one stage, wasn't he? He was tracking back, doing his defensive work as well, creating opportunities. Didn't actually score one at the weekend, which is unusual, but... You know, we know his goal-scoring abilities. and Yeah, he's, he's everything that you could want in a player, really, isn't he? You know, he, he leads from the front for Tottenham and he never shirks a challenge and you know, in different forms. And he's reliable in, in terms of, you know, the consistency of his performances. And he's always going to get you a goal. And he scores goals, all types of goals, doesn't he? Left foot, right foot, whatever you want. Volleys, tappings. Um you know, world is headers. He's got the lot. He's got the lot, really. So uh, there's nothing you can say about Harry, uh, Harry Kane that's not complimentary, really. Could he be leading a Spurs title charge, do you think, Tony Cotty? I think they're going to have a chance this year, Daniel. It's, it's an exceptional season. We know that, you know, with, with obviously the lack of crowds and everything. So it, it does open the scenario for a club other than Liverpool and Manchester City, I think, to, to win the league. And, you know, City are, are struggling at the moment. They're not getting the results. Not playing particularly poorly, but they're not getting the results. Uh, Liverpool were decent, obviously, as we've already touched on against Leicester. So you, you would expect them to be there or thereabouts. But I honestly believe that there is an opportunity for a Tottenham, for a Chelsea, maybe even a Leicester if they can go on a run like they did five years ago, four or five years ago. There is an opportunity for a team, I think, other than the big two, to win the league this year, and, and Tottenham, are, you know, Harry, with Harry Kane, with Son, and with Gareth Bale, once he's fit, ready to go, like it, you know, those three players. I don't think you'd want to face them three players, Matt, would you? If you still play oh, now, no, <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to face one of them. Never mind three together, would you? But no, I mean, you, you look at Tottenham, like 
it wasn't a similar setup to say how Leicester attempted to go about their business, but they, they were just more efficient at it. Um, also, they were up against Man City, quality side, but they're not Liverpool. Uh, um, I think you saw that you've seen the, the difference there maybe between the two teams, but um, although there's element of, of performances being on the day because City and Liverpool was quite a quick, quite an even contest recently, wasn't it? So. You can't say Liverpool are streets ahead, but I do think they have that extra dimension to their play. But Tottenham, yeah, no, I mean, you look at it, I still fancy Liverpool strongly for the, for the title, I've got to say, but Tottenham, at this moment in time, yeah, looking at, you know, a, a, as complete a squad or team or outfit as anyone other than Liverpool at the moment, aren't they? And that strike force is only going to get better as well. Imagine... Bale's only going to get fitter, isn't he? And they've got a, a few on on the sidelines as well, waiting up as reinforcements. So um, things looking good for Spurs, yeah. Entertainment value-wise, Tony, probably another one of your former clubs were involved in maybe the best game of the weekend, Fulham 2, Everton 3. Um, impressive again from, from Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's having a fantastic season, isn't he? So he, he's certainly banging the goals in. But I think the, the key for Everton from... I think, was getting Richarlison back in the team because, you know, they've been a bit different side without him. He's been missing for two or three games. They've lost a couple of games that you would expect him to have done better in. But I think he does make a big difference. He does give them options and he helps Calvert-Lewin as well. You know, Calvert-Lewin's having a great season, another couple of goals yesterday. And it was a really good result because although Fulham are, are pretty poor at the moment, they've had a difficult start to the season, it's still a tough place to go and they... They give it a go and they, 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 there's no lack of effort there from Fulham. So you've still got to be on your game. And again, that was a, the sort of result that a couple of weeks ago you couldn't see Everton doing. So, uh, you know, they're, they're still not far away at the moment. They're having one of their better seasons. Uh, the team that they were playing, of course, Fulham, is the team that Leicester play next in the Premier League as well. That's here at King Power Stadium a week tonight. They'll be playing right now, actually, or at the, around half-time anyway. Um, big game for Leicester to, to get back on the... The Premier League winning front, anyway. Oh, hopefully so. Yeah, I mean, they've got the Europa League to deal with first, obviously, and one step at a time. But um, preparations will still be sort of, you know, be in place to an extent. Um, yeah, and in terms of how they're going to cope in, in in terms of training after Thursday, you know, the flight back, etc. And and then there'll be a tactical outlook on on Monday night. At least they've got that extra little bit of time compared to normal with the fixtures ordinarily being on a Sunday. You've got fancy Leicester, haven't you? Irrespective of how things go on Thursday, Fulham are having a struggle. Um, but as Tony says, they haven't, their spirit hasn't... It might have diminished, but it hasn't disappeared just yet. And again, there's technical ability in that team. Not enough cut and thrust, maybe. Um, but they're trying to strike that balance, aren't they? But they, they need to do it quickly, that's for sure, because it's been hard work for them. And... Um, yeah, there's a huge incentive for Leicester to, you know, to to get back on winning terms, isn't it? We finally have some correct answers for our Who Who's the Fox graphic. So we'll get it back on your screen uh, for you now. So any final guesses to get them in before uh, we do the answer? Matt Elliott, you're going to have Let me have another one, little, final one quick final look. Can you see this, TC? On the screen. Tony Cotty can see it. If I was guessing, I would say, I know it's wrong, but I would say Jamie Vardy, but I'm, I'm guessing and I think it's wrong. Yeah, Craig Bennett guessed Jamie Vardy on Facebook. That is, in fact, wrong. Yeah, it looks too... 
Um, Stocky, shall we say. Jamie Valley did score in this game, but the, it isn't the picture that we've got on the screen. I'll read out those uh, the I'm names just, of those. I'm going to contradict myself. Correct okay. on Twitter. Well done to George. Well done to Harley. Well done to Bert <laughs> on Twitter for all getting it correct. Go on, Matt. But no, I, I don't think I am right because it doesn't physically look it, like him, the silhouette. But the fact that we've got all those Everton players looking dishevelled and forlorn as if they've just been made a monkey out of sort of points to me that it could only be one player. It's not Mares, is it? It is not no. Mares. Right, <laughs> let's get the uh, the answer on the screen then for you. So, as I said, well done to Bert uh, and to George and Harley on Twitter. They all guessed correctly. Andy King. And then he went for King. And then he went for King. It doesn't look like him either. It looks it was, too bulky for him. The, the famous game against Everton, the, the Bocelli game, Leicester City lifting the Premier League. Remember, it rained in the first half. It absolutely chucked down. Then the sun came out. There were goals for two for Jamie Vardy. And then uh, sandwiched in between uh, was the Andy King goal. So, uh, yeah, there's there's Too bulky for him. Andy King there. He's been uh, on the weights, hasn't he? Right. Well, you, you didn't get your question one right I'm in the teasers, well Matt. You didn't tonight, get that I? either. Uh, we can forgive uh, TC for not getting that one, but um, yeah, that no, was poor from you, that Matt, I'm afraid Why to say. Why can we forgive TC? Why? Because you were here. You were here for the game. <laughs> he he <laughs> watched it as well. You should remember that. Such a memorable game. Uh, right, Four years uh, ago. Let's do... oh, <laughs> Did you uh, have to win the league or something? Didn't you? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, right, yeah. let's do the final uh, extra time teasers then of the evening. Uh, Tony went first last time. So, Matt, you can have your question two first. Your pot two, aren't you, Matt? So, your uh, question number two is, which player in Europe was named Golden Boy at the weekend? And he celebrated it by scoring four goals on Saturday. Harland. Yes. Hey, we've got one right. Well done, Matt. Said with conviction. <laughs> uh, what player he is? I know, yeah, he's not bad. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, if we have a little bit of time at the end of the show, we'll talk about him. He is um, a machine, isn't But let's it? get through these first. Tony Cotter, your question number two is, who is the top scorer in the Premier League so far this season? We just spoke about him, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Correct. Well done. You're doing this on purpose to me, or what? I'm not. I'm not. It's... <laughs> uh, Where's Walshy? I need Walshy to come in. <laughs> uh, well done, TC. You take a 3-1 lead. Matt can only draw at this stage. Uh, Tony, your final question is, uh, name either of the two teams that were involved in the most bizarre penalty shootout ever, oh. really, at the weekend in the MLS. No. No, I watched it. No, this it. is for Tony Cotty. Oh, right. Tony <laughs> Have you seen this, Tony? Oh, Matt, you're shatting an olive. I didn't even hear the question. <laughs> right, quiet. You're on a timeout, Matt, for 10 seconds. Uh, name either of the two teams involved in one of the most bizarre penalty shootouts ever at the weekend in the MLS. Oh, I've got absolutely no idea Dan I, I was at Ipswich on Saturday and I was Sheffield United West Ham on Sunday so I, I just haven't seen anything I will say uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies and Chicago <laughs> 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 Rodney Barr's no. playing for them yeah. <laughs> uh, neither of those are right go on name uh, one I, of the I, two I, I, you, you watched it no but well, I don't know I know. you said yourself you, you've seen the video anyway Tony, you have to watch it. it. Got, anyway, uh, no, I have not got a clue. Basically, one of the teams, so the two teams, are you going to guess one or not? No. No, so it was Orlando City against New York City. Oh, um, no. No, I thought they got through against New York City. 
One of the teams yeah. was actually New yeah. York City. Said, yeah. Oh, no. And I so ba- basically, so, to basically this, Tony, there was a penalty shootout. Orlando City needed to score... Uh, no, to save one. Also, the, the other team, New York City, needed to score to stay in it. The keeper saved it. Yeah. The manager went charging down the tunnel, <laughs> celebrating because he thought they'd won. Didn't he? Yeah. VAR then looked at it and realised that the goalkeeper had come off his line. Um, About six had encroached. inches. So the goalkeeper then got booked and the penalty had to be retaken. But the goalkeeper had already been booked in the game, so he was sent off. They then tried to bring a substitute on, by which point... Goalkeeper. Yeah, by which point someone's gone down the tunnel and got the... Uh, got the manager back out of the uh, the dressing room. Anyway, they've tried to make a substitute. They brought the goalie on. He's been ready. Then the referees decided, actually, no, you're not allowed to make a change during a penalty shootout. So one of the outfield players had to go in. All Nanny had to do for Orlando City was score, and they were through. He then missed his penalty. So oh, it still goes on, doesn't it, Matt? And then, the, the, then outfield, the other team... The outfield player saved a penalty, saved, didn't they? Then saved yeah. a penalty. Uh, and then they then had to look at that through VAR, whether he encroached or not. And then eventually the side that thought they were through were through but they were celebrating like they thought they were through before they had to take three, the final three different times, I'm explaining it? it very badly no, no, all, no, all you have to do is go, go find it on, on YouTube Tony Cotty it's well worth the four minutes uh, <laughs> because it was utterly bizarre right we've got time for your last question uh, Matt you can't win anyway unfortunately but you can uh, always get this one right how many points clear are Rangers at the top of the 11. Scottish Premiership Correct. So if you'd have just remembered well, one of those two well, MLS teams. She's got New York. So I thought they got through against yeah, New York City. Yeah. I heard that name mentioned. Well, ah. that's it. So yeah, yeah, you'd have drawn that in the end. Anyway, no right, we're at the end of the show. We've got to go very quickly because the dev squad are in action. Ricardo Pereira is playing tonight at King Power Stadium. So make sure you watch it on LCFC TV. Thank you very much, Matt Elliott. And thanks Pleasure. as well to Tony Cotton for your company see you, this evening. We'll see you all again on Thursday.